some would say that this is the anniversary of VE Day, Victory in Europe, from 1945, and it is, but it's also another chance to talk, Tech Talk, on May 8, 2023, in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room. I'm Larry Gassman, co-chair of, of Tech Talk, an accessible world, and tonight, David Kingsbury is back with us, and he comes often just to... Uh, just to listen in and and also to chat about various aspects of technology. But tonight we're going to talk about a book he wrote not long ago, and a reprint has just happened. It's actually a terrific book, and I've used it often. Uh, But now with this new reprint, there'll be portions of it that I'll have to read first, then use. In any event, let's welcome and say hello and thank you to being with us on Tech Talk once again, David Kingsbury. Well, thank you, Larry, and thank you all for um, coming this evening. Um, so what I, uh, the name of the book is the Windows Screen Reader Primer, All the Basics and More, and this is the second edition. First edition came out uh, uh, Feb- February a year ago, and this one came out uh, about a month ago, the second edition of it. And... The book is for free. That's the first thing to uh, to point out. And one reason uh, that I wanted to make the book free and the people at the Carroll Center where I work uh, agreed to that was I wanted it to make it a sort of almost a, um, a living document because technology changes all the time. And it's something that, you know, I, I had counted on when I first started it and continue count on wanting to update periodically. And among other things, I figured if you put it out for money, uh, it would be sort of hard to ask people who got the first edition to buy the second edition and the third and so on. And I thought, boy, it'd just be easier. Put the thing out for free. And then as it updates, well, people can get it and don't have to worry about all of that hassle. And a second reason to put it out for free was simply because, obviously, it would get out to more people than would otherwise be the case. So what I thought I would do this evening... And I'll certainly leave you know plenty of time for Q and A. Um, first, give you a quick uh, overview or reminder of of what is in the book. Secondly, highlight um, what's new uh, in the second edition. The major points, uh, the major new topics in the second edition versus the first edition, and then uh, maybe demo a few of two or three of those new things. Um, with the caveat that whenever I practice something, it works perfectly in private. But then when I do it in front of a, uh, a group, that's where the tech gremlins come in. So I'm hoping that I don't embarrass myself too much when I do that. So first off, what is in, uh, what is in the book? Quickie overview. Uh, uh, one is, um, is it talks about using the three most popular screen readers that we use with uh, in the Microsoft uh, PC environment, JAWS, NVDA, and Narrator, uh, in combination with the Microsoft Office programs. Uh, well, Windows first, so you know the Windows environment. the The four main Office programs: Word, Outlook, Excel, PowerPoint. Uh, also, web browsing uh, with the three most popular web browsers that uh, that we use: Google Chrome, Microsoft Edge and uh, Firefox. Also talks about a few other things uh, like how to read PDFs, 
with Adobe Reader, some of the challenges you run into there. Uh, cloud sharing with the three most popular cloud sharing apps, um, Dropbox, OneDrive, and, uh, and Google Drive, and a few other things. So that's a quickie uh, overview of it. Oh, let me also mention that there are a few uh, appendices. Um, one is a sort of cheat sheet, just a list of keystrokes. A second one of a glossary of computer terms that you might run into. Um, a third one that is for essentially mainly for students. And that relates to um, the requirements of the, of the most, uh, most widely used academic style guides uh, in the United States. And then a fourth appendix that um, has a number of uh, exercises that you might do if you want to practice some of these skills. So that's, in a nutshell, that is um, that is overview of the book. Now, what's, what's new in the second edition? I mean, there are many, many uh, changes, little things here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but I would say the most important ones are, first off, um, what you get when you get the book. Uh, the first edition, I put it out as one big word file. And that was uh, 325 pages. And I figured out pretty quickly, just simply uh, in using it myself as a reference, that that was you know, awfully unwieldy, off, awfully awkward. Uh, and while it serves its purposes to have it all in one place, what I've done in the second edition, which by the way is an extra 100 pages long, so 420 some odd pages versus 320 some, some odd pages is, as well as having the book as a single file, I also have some, um, some subfolders. So uh, a folder with the book broken up by chapter in Word, a second folder with it broken up uh, by EPUB. So um, a few other ways to read it. And actually uh, several weeks ago, um, it was added to Bookshare. So if you have a Bookshare account, um, it works very nicely in, uh, in Bookshare in terms of being able to navigate around by, uh, uh, by heading, by chapter, and so on. And I'm talking about using the, uh, uh, the Bookshare um, app. Uh, I think it's called the Bookshare Reader. Um, fairly new, a year or two old, but very nice, very easy to use. So that's the first thing is it's available in several different formats. And I've found over time, uh, when I want to use it for reference, because I don't remember everything that I wrote, that's for sure. Um, I tend to go to those chapter files. So the advantage being, if I want to read about Excel one day, I'm dealing with a file that's that's 30 or 40 uh, pages versus something that's 10, 10 times as big. So I would encourage you to perhaps use those chapter files. And uh, the idea of EPUB, I actually got that um, from Alan Lemley. I played around with that and I said, oh, this is sort of cool. So I thought uh, putting it in EPUB format uh, was also uh, good. And I put that on VoiceStream Reader and it works pretty good there on VoiceStream Reader if you want to read it uh, in that way too, as well as simply on your computer. Um, the main things, uh, the main new things in terms of content, um, in no particular order, are in the first edition, I did, as I mentioned, I talked about using um, Dropbox, OneDrive, 
I did not speak about Google Drive. And that's largely because up until very shortly before that first edition came out, practically speaking, you could only access Google Drive online. And for those of you who have accessed Google Drive online or tried to, uh, it is not a very user-friendly environment. I learned how to use it. I learned how to teach it. I didn't like using it. I didn't like teaching it uh, just because it was extremely complicated. But a, a Google put out a program called Google Drive for Desktop um, a little shy of two years ago. Like I think it was the summer of 2021. And for me, that has been a game changer. Um, for using Google Drive because, and I'll talk about this a little bit uh, more uh, momentarily, that allows you to manage your Google Drive files uh, on the desktop. That's why it's called Google Drive for desktop in a much more familiar and non-intimidating uh, Windows environment, much, much easier. And I think that makes, given that Google Drive really is the gateway to most of the other Google apps, I think it, it makes it much easier to use that entire Google workspace or Google suite as it's used to be called. So that is um, uh, one major addition. A second uh, addition is an entire chapter devoted on using Zoom. We're in the Zoom meeting right now. Um, and before the pandemic, I would not say that we would call Zoom, you know, uh, amongst the basics, a basic tool, but I think it is now. Um, and so there's an entire chapter devoted to using Zoom. In the first edition, I just had a very short section simply on the keyboard shortcuts to use when participating in a meeting, uh, but this chapter extends that to look into, you know, uh, downloading the Zoom app, Zoom settings, um, scheduling meetings, inviting people to meetings, uh, what you do uh, when you're a host. So a fuller treatment of Zoom. Um, a third thing I mentioned it uh, briefly um, was an appendix devoted to using the three most commonly um, used academics uh, style guides, uh, at least most commonly used in the United States. Uh, that is uh, APA, American Psychological Association, MLA, Modern Language Association, and the Chicago Manual of Style. So it's primarily with words. So what are the requirements if you need to um, uh, use one of those style guides in Word, and how do you use those with a screen reader? There's lots of stuff online on how you do that, but uh, I never, I did not find anything that really translated that into how to do it with a screen reader program. That does draw on the book that my first book, which was on word formatting uh, that came out three or four years ago, uh, but uh, that has been updated uh, quite a bit. Um, another thing, uh, maybe it's a bit more cosmetic I, because I had talked about PDFs, but I've taken PDFs and using them in Adobe Reader and broken that out into a, into a separate chapter. So it's not uh, hidden and it's uh, easier to find. So, and then within uh, a number of chapters, the Word chapter, the Excel chapter, uh, one or two others, um, uh, I've expanded it uh, quite a bit to add more topics. Same thing in the uh, chapter on um, uh, web browsing. So without further ado, I thought I might try to demo uh, 
a few of uh, my favorite things that are new in this second edition. And you might, uh, you might hopefully learn something. I'll do this about 15 minutes and hopefully that'll bring us to uh, a break time where we can just uh, uh, do some Q and A. So I am going to turn on my screen share now. My keys right. Oops. Desktop screen sharing meeting controls. You have started screen share. Press F6 to switch. Okay. So the first thing screen sharing meeting controls. First thing I would like to talk about is using Google Drive for desktop. Uh, now, many of you probably already use Dropbox or OneDrive. And one of the appealing things about using those is that you do most of your file management from your desktop. You have a, a Dropbox folder in your user folder. Um, you manage everything from there. You also have a OneDrive folder in your user folder, and you can manage your files and folders from there. Um, with cloud sharing, my strategy has always been minimize my exposure to the online environment because those environments are not very hospitable for screen reader users. Um, and with Google Drive for desktop, you can now do that. Uh, Google Drive for desktop is very easy to download. You know, just, well, just Google it and you'll get to a page where you can download it. Doesn't take that long to download. Uh, put in your, um, your Google uh, email uh, address and your password, and then hopefully you're you're ready to go. Again, you have to have a Google account uh, to be able to use Google Drive for desktop. <clears throat> Once it is installed, where is it? How do you get to it? Unlike OneDrive, unlike Dropbox, which uh, those folders are located in your user folder, um, these actually, uh, it actually appears as another drive. So let me go to it right now. I'm gonna hit my Windows key to open the start menu, land on the search box. Search box edit, type in text. And I'll type in this PC. Uh, by the way, I'm using Windows 11. Debbie Rolston has left the meeting, T-H. This PC app, press right to switch preview. I'll hit enter. Enter. This PC items view list box. To move to an item, press the arrow keys. Items view multi-select list box. Devices and drives expanded. Windows left parent C colon right parent local disk. One of and with Windows 11, I land right on my list of drives. That's different than Windows 10. You need to navigate uh, to that. But it says devices and drives uh, expanded. Windows C, that's my hard drive. Now, if I, depending on my view, if I down arrow here or right arrow, um, we will find uh, my Google Drive accounts. So I'll down arrow. David.kingsbury at carol.org dash dot 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 left parent g colon right parent two of three. That is my um, work account. David Kingsbury 77 at gmail.com dash dot 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 left parent h colon right parent three of three. And that's my personal account. And again, they've been assigned to, uh, assigned drives. I think you heard one of them was assigned drive G, the other one drive H. I'll go to my work account. David.kingsbury at carol.org dash dot 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 left parent g colon. I'll hit enter here. Enter this PC items view multi-select list box not selected my drive five slash eight slash twenty twenty three seven forty nine p.m. The first thing you land on is my drive. Now, in the Google online environment, if you were to go, uh, if you were to go up there, log in, you have a list of folders there, and up near the top of that list is the my drive folder, 
And there are several more, but the My Drive folder, that is the critical one. That is the folder where all of your files and folders are located and managed. So what Google Drive for desktop does is it puts, has joined the meeting. It puts your My Drive folder right here in your desktop. And I will select it. Space, My Drive. And I'll hit enter to get into it. Enter items new list box. To move to an item, press the arrow keys. Items new multi-select list box. Not selected basic computing user interface. Two slash eight, two slash eight. And from here, I am in a pretty standard Windows environment uh, in my details view with my folders A to Z at the top, uh, files that are not in folders A to Z below. And this is a you know folder receptacle or a file receptacle, just like um, OneDrive or Dropbox in that, uh, yeah, I can put in here uh, Google uh, workspace files like Google Docs, Google Sheets and so on, but I can put in Word files, Excel files, audio files, whatever I want here. And with a free account, um, a free personal account, you get 15 gigabytes worth of storage, which is quite a bit more than the two gigabytes that you get for free um, with Dropbox. So already an advantage there. Now from here, um, I can simply create folders as I typically would, Control-Shift-N. I can uh, cut, copy, move things, rename things, delete, exactly the same as I would in my documents folder. Um, if I have a Word file or an Excel file, I can just hit enter. It will open in Word or Excel. If I have a Google Doc or a Google Sheet, I can hit enter and that will open online with whatever my default browser is in Google Docs or Google Sheets. If I'd simply like to create from here a new Google Doc or Sheet, I'm using Windows 11. I'll open up my menus here in Windows 11. New button collapsed, one of nine. To activate, press space bar. We land on the new button collapsed. I'll space bar. Space, context menu, shortcut, two of 13. To move through items, press up or down arrow. To expand that, and it says there are two or th uh, 13 things I can do here. I'll just down arrow through, and you'll see some of them. Microsoft Access Database, Bitmap Image, 4 of 13, Microsoft Word Document, 5 of 13, Google Docs, 6 of 13. So if I hit enter on that, that's going to bring me right into Google Docs on a new doc. Google Sheets, 7 of 13. Sheets. Google Slides, 8 of 13. Microsoft Access Database, 9 of 13. Microsoft PowerPoint Presentation, 10 of 13. Microsoft Publisher Document, 11 okay. of 13. And all of these things, okay? Escape, escape leaving menus, items. If I want to sh for share something with Google Docs, or if I'm sorry, if I want to share like a folder, let me down arrow. I think I have one that I call practice. Let me see. G, Google Suite Practice Files, 8 of 23. Good enough. I'll hit my applications key here. Applications, context menu, to navigate, press up or down arrow. Oh, open. Oh. And I'll down arrow to share. Open a new tab. B, open a new window. Pin to quick access. Open with Google Drive. Oh. Copy link to clipboard. Share with Google Drive. S. And if I were to hit enter on this, I could go in here, uh, put in... Uh, emails of people I'd like to share with, giving them editing rights and so on, send them an email, they hit enter on the link, and they'll be able to um, use it themselves. There's also, uh, let me up here once. Copy link to clipboard, see. I could also do a copy link, and that way I could share with people not giving them editing rights. In other words, I send them an, uh, an email, they're able to download the folder, uh, but it's not a, you know, a collaborative sharing environment. So there are all these things you can do that you can do with Google Drive online, but much, much easier. So 
I did not use Google Drive very much. I did all I could do to resist it uh, for a long time. But with Google Drive for desktop, I use it quite quite a bit now. And um, I really like it. You should try it out too, because with the Google Drive for desktop, it really is a game changer. It makes working in that whole has left the meeting. environment, Google environment, much, much easier. So that's the first thing I wanted to show you all. Escape. Take a quick look. Quickie uh, time check. 8.21 p.m. Okay. Escape. Um, you folks are all using Zoom. And um, if you're like me, during a Zoom meeting, you mute and unmute a lot. Maybe you go to the participants list quite a bit. You're curious to see who's there. You also want to check out what your status is. Am I really muted or am I not? Is my video on or not? And you probably you know, wind up alt-tabbing a lot to get to the meeting window. Um, Zoom has uh, what are called global shortcuts. You can define shortcuts so that you don't have to be in the Zoom meeting window to do that. And let's see how we do that. I'm gonna open the Zoom app um, uh, that is on my desktop. Again, that's different than the Zoom meeting that we're in. So I'll go to my desktop. Windows M, desktop, folder view, list view, Zoom, 5 of 50. To move the items, use the arrow keys. To edit the selected item, press F2. There's Zoom. Folder view, list view, Zoom, 5 oh, of 50. To move, enter. Setting button. Okay, now, I landed right where I came from. Uh, so I want to let you know, uh, well, I, I landed right where we're supposed to land, which is not where you typically land. So let me just escape out of there. Escape. Escape. Title is Zoom. Okay. Assuming we don't land right there, I would get into the Zoom app, and now I'm going to move between the different menu areas, which are called tabs, by hitting Control Tab. And I'll Control Tab my way around till I get back to the Home tab. Mail tab selected, Calendar tab select, Team Chat tab select, Meetings tab select, Contacts tab, Home tab selected. Okay, now I'm going to tab until we hear, them. We hear the word setting. Uh, should say settings, but it's been a typo there forever. They've never put the S on. So I'm going to tab until it says setting button. Search control plus F, home tab selected, more button drop down, open activity center, open calendar site, Zoom, David Kingsbury status, presenting free account button drop down. Now there I hear my name. It's always one tab after that. Setting button. And I'll hit enter a space on that. Space, settings. And now it says settings. I'm going to tab probably just once till it says categories. Upgrade the Zoom One Pro to get unlimited meetings. Productivity absent. Well, it wants to sell me uh, the upgrade. Category list, general. There it is, category list. I'm going to down arrow a number of times till we get to uh, keyboard shortcuts. Video, audio, share screen, team chat, Zoom apps, background and effect, recording, profile, statistics, keyboard shortcuts. Now, when I land on a category, I need to hit enter to lock that in, but that's the one that I want. Enter selected. And I'll tab. Enable global shortcut learn more button. Well, let's hear what the learn more button says. Space. Global shortcuts are keyboard shortcuts that can be used in dash meeting even when the Zoom app is not in focus. That explains it. Exactly what it what these are. I'll escape out of that uh, little help window. Escape. Enable global shortcut learn more button. And I will tab. Keyboard shortcuts list. Use arrow keys to navigate and tab to edit shortcut list box. And here we have a list. Now, there are a gazillion different keys that you could assign shortcuts to. You should be very selective. I only do two. I do muting and unmuting because it's something I do often during a meeting. 
And I do the participants list. Uh, that's all I do, but there are many more. Now, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna down arrow, I'm gonna be quite a few down arrows till I get to uh, mute and unmute. Meeting, group open, navigate among you, change focus, view the previous, view the next page, always show meeting, switch to speaker view, switch to gallery, close current window, start slash stop video, alt, mute slash unmute my audio, alt plus A, global shortcut, checkbox unchecked. There it is. Now it says checkbox not checked. I don't spacebar anything here, but I tab. Alt plus A shortcut, press space or enter to edit. Now it reminds us that it's alt A. I could reassign a different keystroke if I wanted to, which I would not do for, for that. But this is where you could do that if you wanted to. Uh, I'm going to tab once. Global shortcut checkbox not checked. And I'm going to spacebar that. Space checked. That's what makes it a global shortcut. Now, if I shift tab back, uh, that checkbox that was previously unchecked should be checked. Alt plus A shortcut. Mute slash unmute my audio. Alt plus A global shortcut checkbox checked. There it is. That is now a global shortcut. Uh, I'll do one more. I'll down arrow to uh, the participants list. Mute slash unmute, start slash stop screen share, show slash hide windows, pause slash resume screen, start slash stop local record, start slash stop cloud recording, pause slash resume recording, switch camera, alt plus, enter slash exit full screen, show slash hide and dash meeting chat panel, alt plus, show slash hide participants panel, alt plus U, global shortcut, checkbox unchecked. There it is, reminds us that it is alt U. Alt plus U shortcut, press space or enter to edit. And I'll tab once. Global shortcut checkbox not checked, space checked. And I check that. If I shift tab back, you'll see that it is now checked. Alt plus U short show slash hide participants panel. Alt plus U global shortcut checkbox checked. Now to test this out, again, I am not in the Zoom meeting window, uh, but if I hit Alt U from here, that should put me right into the participants window. Let's hope it works. Alt U participants left parent 37 right parent. And there it is. Okay. Um, let me move away from the window. Zoom to move to an item, press the arrow, my drive. All right, my drive. Items view. And let me mute myself. Alta, audio now muted. New button collapsed, one of nine. To activate, press space bar. Alta, audio now unmuted. And I unmuted myself. So that has saved me a lot of alt-tabbing uh, during Zoom meetings. And again, those are global shortcuts. Where did we go? You went into the Zoom app on your computer, the home tab, uh, the settings, and then the global shortcut uh, category. So uh, when I first learned that, and it was sometimes after uh, writing the first edition, I said, oh my goodness, that's gonna go into the uh, second edition. Let me just do one last time check. 8.28 p.m. Okay. Um, uh, maybe one more thing. Uh, now I know that um, Jeff Bishop has talked about uh, the Windows 11, um, narrator, you know, the new voices that are really, really nice. And I like them very much. That is the narrator voices that come with the um, Windows 11 2022 update. I think it's, you know, 2020, uh, 2022 H2. And I just want to show you also simply, if you have that on, how easy it is to change voices, as well as how easy it is to adjust the uh, the voice rate. So I'm going to turn off my JAWS. Unloading JAWS, my drive. And I'm going to open Narrator, Control Windows Enter. Starting Narrator, Desktop One Pane. Now that is Jenny speaking. And I think that is an absolutely great voice. Um, again, the three new voices, two women, Jenny and Aria, and a guy named Guy. 
So those are the three new voices uh, that you can use with Windows 11. Only the newest version of Windows 11 and only with Narrator. Uh, even though these are Windows voices, at least for now, they're not available for use with, uh, with JAWS or NVDA. Now, if I would like to um, cycle between the various installed voices I have in Narrator, I'm going to hold down Caps Lock. Caps Lock is um, a Narrator modifier key, just as it is with JAWS and NVDA, if you set it up that way. So I'm going to hold down uh, Caps Lock, Alt, and then if I do the dash or the equal sign, that will move me, that will cycle me between uh, my voices. So I'm holding down Caps Lock, Alt, and I'm going to hit the equal sign. Hortense. Now I've got some French voices in here. David. That is Microsoft David, what's now called a legacy voice. Legacy, sort of like old, like me, this David here. Zira. Uh, Sarah is one of the legacy voices. Julie. French. Mark. Paul. David Desktop. Zira Desktop. Hortense Desktop. Oh, wait a minute. I guess I don't have these voices in here. Wait a minute. Oh, I guess Sarah was one of them. But where did Guy go? Guy. Oh, there's Guy. Sorry. Aria. There's Aria. I had not gone through all of them there. Okay. Jenny. All right. And if I just lift my fingers, whatever my last one is, is the voice that is now my default. Um, if I would like, if I want to change her voice rate, again, remember the dash key and the equals. If I simply hold down caps lock and dash, think of that as minus. Uh, think of the equals, you know, if you do shift equals, that's plus. So that would speed it up. So I'm going to do, I'm going to hold down caps lock equals. Speed increase to 55%, speed increase to 60%, speed increase, speed increase, speed increase, speed increase to 80%. And now caps lock dash. Speed decrease, speed decrease, speed decrease, speed decrease, speed decrease to 55%, speed decrease to 50%. Okay. So I not only like the new voices, but I like sort of um, how easy it is to move between voices, how easy it is to change the, uh, the voice rate. Again, if you just remember... Uh, the dash and the equals, um, then the rest is not that hard to uh, to remember. Um, I think I will stop right there, and we can maybe have some uh, some Q and A. I'm going to put it back to my jaws. Exiting narrator. Oh, where's jaws? Speak. Jaws, my drive. There we are. Jaws context menu options gotcha. submenu human menu. And I'll turn my screen share off at least, at least for now. Okay. Okay. Okay, folks. Thanks, David. Great, great presentation as always. Uh, this is Alan. And anybody with questions, David Germain, uh, I, I will just say. David has worked his fanny off on this, on this book. And if you're like me, I love I, back in the day when I was back in the days when I was cited, I used to love hanging out at computer store, I mean, bookstores and going through all the, uh, all the books on, I mean, th th this was back when the PC world was still evolving and stuff. So, you know, I, 
I, I, I go back to the very beginning of the IBM PC and stuff. So I used to love getting resources on programs and stuff. None of them were, were any better than what David has, has, has put together for us. Uh, uh, and if you want a good resource and, and you're working in Windows and any, if any of the Microsoft Office stuff, you need to get this thing and read it because it's great. It's got a lot of good information in it. It's easily accessed. It's very, it's very navigable with headings and everything. And you'll learn a lot of stuff. So uh, that, that, that's my, uh, th that's my advertisement for the book. I, I think it's a, it's a great resource. And, and, and thanks for, for mentioning my uh, uh, stuff about EPUB, Dave. That, that was nice of you. So Carla is, is. Oh, and great presentation. And I want to compliment you on your formatting documents with Word. I got the, I got it in Braille and I, I still refer to that. And um, my questions are sort of like, um, um, I'm assuming, um, is this um, based on Word 11? It, it wouldn't work with 10, um, or is it is it based on 11? And also, what I wanted to know is, when you get the book, what do you, I mean, I don't know how to explain this. What's the process? You get a big um, folder, and then you just unzip it, or how does it appear? And how do the lessons, you know, the, the exercises work? Um, I mean, uh, you, okay, those are my questions. Good couple of questions. I assume you were asking uh, Windows 10 or Windows 11, not Word 10 or 11. Yes, I, I'm sorry about that. Yes, yeah, no, no problem. Not a problem. And it it uh, deals with both uh, Windows 10 and 11. When when keystrokes or processes are different between the two, it's it's noted. When they're not, the assumption is that uh, it's the same. Uh, in terms of getting the book. Um, first off, where would you go to get it? Uh, it's at the Carroll Center website, and you could just, you know, type in, uh, you know, Carroll slash shop. That brings you to the Carroll store. But again, it's available for free. And from there, there's a heading. Uh, there's a there's a a first page, uh, first screen. You know, asking you for some basic information uh, uh, about yourself. And then a second one where you can give an optional donation to the Carroll Center. And it's written there very clearly, optional. And you can just skip right past it if you don't feel that's something uh, you want to do uh, right now. And there's a download link. When you hit that download link, um, a folder with some subfolders is going to go right to your downloads folder. And it will have a .zip ending to it. Okay, but what you want to, and then if you go inside of it, you would find uh, a subfolder with the chapters in Word, a second subfolder with them in EPUB, um, then another, oh, another folder I should mention uh, that has some practice files. So I mentioned that there was an appendix with practice exercises that you could do, but there are also some practice files you can do the practice off of. And then also the, the, the document as a single word file. What you would want to do is you would want to go into that zip folder and select all of those and copy them and paste them somewhere else on your computer into your documents folder. You don't want to keep them in that zip thing. They'll misbehave. Uh, and so once you do that, um, copy them and paste them to wherever you want on your computer, then you're ready to go. Again, my my preferred way of dealing with the book myself 
is to go into the chapter uh, folders. And each chapter has a title that's numbered. So zero introduction, one uh, uh, screen reader basics, two windows, etc. five Excel. So you sort of get used to, or at least I have, you know, what number is what number, then you can quickly navigate to one of those files and, and open it. Again, I think the biggest of those individual files is maybe 50 pages, as opposed to the, you know, the single file itself, which is over 400 pages. Uh, that is, I, I rarely personally go into the whole big document myself. I go chapter by chapter when I want to use it on a daily basis. So I hope that, uh, hope that helps. And thank yeah. you for dividing it into the smaller files, because I did try the first one, and it was such a big file. But I just I, I, yeah, I, I learned within just a short period of time, whoa, this isn't going to work. And I found, too, if, if I did a list of headings in the entire big document, there are over 600 headings, it would actually freeze my computer with NVDA. And JAWS, you'd have to wait about three or four minutes for the list of headings to come up. And it says, uh, that's probably not the best way to access this thing. So that's why I broke it up in that way. Uh, I also say anybody who has any any problems for whatever reason, um, download doesn't seem to be working right. You can always email me and, you know, I'll help you out. You know, basically, I'll just send it to you with uh, a few little instructions. So, and I'm sure um, Larry will ask for my contact info at the at the end of the meeting. And I, and I'll add that if you try to load the whole book in Voice Dream Reader too, you're 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 going to be regretting it because it, it it's a monster. And so I I found that the book I mean I've got a Bookshare account too. And the Bookshare account seems to work okay in Voice Stream with with the whole thing loaded. So I, I I don't know enough about technology to know the differences between the two, but there 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 are ways to get all the information and just just be aware that if you if you try to take a big gulp of everything, you 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 may end up choking. So uh, yeah. uh, do it in small pieces and stuff. Yeah. I haven't used Bookshare myself that much, but. I was really very pleasantly surprised at what a nice job it did with the entire book in Bookshare. Right. Uh, really did a nice job because, you know, you can navigate by chapter, by heading within, but then also you can have that entire book in front of you and, and you can, you know, just use your rotor to navigate by heading. Okay, we'll see. Elizabeth Johnson, you can unmute yourself and ask your question. I just have a very simple question. Um, to download the book, can one download it onto a thumb drive? Um, you certainly can because it's a folder like any other folder. But then the question is, where would you go with it? What would you do with it? But certainly uh, you can because they're just files like uh, anything else. Yeah. So when you say where would you go with it, you what do you mean by that? Well, if you put it on a thumb drive, uh, well, I guess then we just... Um, um uh yeah you can put it on a thumb drive yeah just because they're files that you can store anywhere i was just wondering what uh, what you were going to plug the thumb drive into uh later because you know when you download the book uh -huh. you're going to be downloading it right to your computer so it's going to be right there in your computer um and um so would you be able to play it on a on a um book machine um into one of well, here, um, 
there are several different places you could um, access the book. First, obviously, on your computer. Um, and I actually talk in chapter 13 about what would be the, what are the steps for one, you could put the individual chapters onto your Victor stream and you could mm -hmm. read it on your Victor stream if you wanted to, by putting the, um, uh, the files into the text files folder there, mm -hmm. um, as well as we mentioned already, um, putting it on the voice stream uh, reader app. If you, you know, if you can transfer it to, um, a cloud sharing app such as Dropbox or uh, or Google Drive. Um, uh, you know, on the or like, if you mean like the NLS reader, mm -hmm. uh, no, because it's not in a, these. It's not audio. It's not, okay. it's not like okay. audio like that. So it's it's text, either Word or uh, or the EPUB uh, format. Okay, uh, Londa Peterson, you can unmute yourself and ask your question. Have you thought about, I know you did a chapter on Zoom. Um, have you thought about doing something similar on Microsoft Teams just because it is something that a lot of people have to use for work? Um, that is a good question. Um, um, it is something I might cover in the third edition, although I would probably myself, I might, I might at least keep it initially pretty simple in terms of, I mean, there's so much you can do with teams um, in theory. Um, but, but I think that might be, uh, I think that might be a good addition, at least in terms of, you know, participating in meetings, perhaps setting up meetings, hosting meetings. So stay well, tuned. It might be in the third if edition. If you have the basics, then there are other materials that will give you more advanced. Right. Um, you, you may know that um, uh, Vespero has done quite a number of um, of their uh, of their of their webinars, their podcasts uh, on uh, Teams. I would say that is the, for the moment anyway. That's the best place to go if you're a screen reader user. Um, but I think that might be an interesting thing for me to think about for for next year. I'm always looking for new ideas, so I'll think about that one. Alrighty. Yeah. Dane Wasserman, you can uh, unmute yourself and ask your question. Okay. Hi, David. Hi, Dane. Uh, How are you? I'm good, thanks. In the uh, Google um, Drive to PC, does that provide an added level of security over and above um, your PC? Um, if you mean additional security in terms of... Um, um, it, it's a strategy for backing up your work to the internet as opposed to just sitting in your documents folder. In that sense, uh, there's security in terms of, you know, antivirus, that type of thing. I don't think it really, um, I don't think it really comes into play there. Um, I was interested in the former, so that that's re re really where I was going. Mm-hmm. The former meaning of which, what I just said about... Added security rather than uh, antivirus. Uh, no, in yeah. again, it's a good backup strategy always to use one of the uh, cloud sharing apps so that, you know, your, your work is backed up to the internet. But uh, yeah, in that sense, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Let me just mention a little bit. Um, I cover, again, in one chapter, Dropbox, OneDrive, and Google Drive for desktop. And at the end, I just mentioned for what it's worth um, that I, owe, I use all three of them. One, you know, it's sort of not like, I wouldn't say pick one and just go with that. Uh, depending on your uses, you might use just one of those. You might use two, you might use three. I actually use all three of those and they sort of fit into my own little use case um, rather nicely. So I talk about that. Um, I think it talks a bit about the strengths and weaknesses of the different ones, some features that some have that maybe the others don't have, pricing and so on. And um, um, you definitely want to use one these days. I think that is uh, a cloud sharing app of some sort. I consider that amongst the basics to at least use one of those. Uh, but when you tease out the strengths and weaknesses of the different ones, the amount of storage space, um, you can come up with some interesting mix and matches. And I tease that through a little bit uh, in the book, at least in terms of how I've used it. Use all three of them. Okay. Uh, the iNode iPhone. You can uh, unmute yourself and ask your question. Hi, David. This Hi, Vinod. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. It's glad to uh, talk to you. And, you know, I think it's going to be a very great experience. I have all been looking for such information. You have really done a great job. Uh, when we download this book, is it a zip file? Is it a sorry? What? Zip. Is it zip file? Yeah, it comes as a zip file. But um, um, as I said earlier, all you need to do is go inside of it, select what's in there, and copy it and paste it to somewhere else on your computer. Uh, so you don't, I always forget, what's the word? I, um, decompress, decompact. Extract. Ex extract. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I always forget that term, extract. So that thing you don't have to, you don't have to do anything like that. You just uh, take the files, copy and paste them elsewhere okay. to your computer. And you're, we and you're don't fine. have to unzip it. It is automatically when we copy and paste it, we automatically, we don't have to unzip it. Correct. Yeah. You, you don't have to do any of that. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Somebody explained to me once the technical reasons for why you don't have to do any of that extracting anymore, but it went over my head. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize, realize that was the case either, but uh, I will. Mm -hmm. Again, one of my favorite things, and I'm embarrassed to say, I, I only learned it about a year ago or so. One, one reason I like, I enjoy being an instructor is I learn a lot of stuff from um, my uh, clients. And I was once explaining some very convoluted way to do something. And he said, oh, why don't you use JAWS speech history? And I said, what's JAWS speech history? And he explained it to me. And JAWS speech history I use on a daily basis now. And what that does is anything that the JAWS th synthesizer voice says, you can capture it. You can capture that text, select it, copy it, and paste it somewhere. And it doesn't take very long to explain. So during a JAWS session, this will capture up to 500 entries. And how you bring up the... Um, 
JAWS speech history. It's a layered command. So I'll hit, I'll start by hitting insert space with the little click noise. And now I'll hit the letter H for history. Okay, now I land in on an overlay here where I, and I'm actually at the bottom of it. So if I down arrow, and, and you're again, not using screen share, by the way. I don't know if you know. Oh, that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I turned that David, off. We can hear your jaws. Yeah, we yep. got it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you for reminding me. It wouldn't have been very interesting, would it? You have started screen share. Press F6 to switch between open zoom. Escape, escape, escape. Now we hear it. Now. Participants can now see your screen. Screen sharing meeting controls. I will hit insert space now. Space. And H. Speech history. Screen sharing meeting controls. And I'll down arrow. And I'm at the end of it. And again, whatever JAWS has said, the synthetic voice has said, is in here. Screen sharing meeting controls. Screen sharing meeting controls. And I'll up arrow and we'll be going backwards in history. Participants can now see your screen. Share preview WND. Screen sharing meeting controls. You have started screen share. Press F6 to switch between open zoom windows. To activate, press space bar. Now I could select any of this text. Of course, none of this is that interesting, but Home. I could select it like I select any other text, line by line. I'll do shift down arrow. Selected to activate press space bar. Selected. You have started screen. Selected. Screen sharing meeting control. And I could copy to that that to the clipboard, and I could go and paste it somewhere. Now, what are um, practical ways I have used this? Um, one, you have. An error, mass, an error message flashes up on your screen. You know, something went wrong. Um, very, very obtuse, um, hard to understand error message. If JAWS says it, you could capture it, copy it, paste it, and, you know, let your IT person know about it. That can, they can, um, and that gives them a better idea on how they can help you out. Um, uh, if I'm in a Zoom meeting and people chat in the Zoom meeting and people often cited folks will often copy URLs into the chat and it can be sort of hard for you to retrieve mm -hmm. those URLs. But if you go into the chat panel, you down arrow to the URL, you hear it say HTTP, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. There, you can select it, copy it, and then paste it wherever you want. And um, you've got it there. I was in a meeting the other day. Somebody put their email address in. I, I grabbed it in the chat, and I was good to go there. Um, here's something a student of mine did today. It was actually today. He came in. I said, "Any uh, you guys got any questions about what you did over the weekend? He said, yeah, I was on this website, and I was just trying to select some text and copy it and paste it. And he had selected correctly, he had copied, and it said everything it was supposed to. But you know, I'm sure you've all been on some websites where for whatever reason, you just can't copy stuff and paste it. So what he did instead was he had all the text read off and then he put it on the speech history. And then he was able to, uh, to grab that text, copy it and paste it um, into wherever he wanted to. Um, being an instructor, I give people a lot of instructions. And 
uh, when I was writing the first edition and I didn't know about speech history, you know, often I'm sort of saying, here's something that's in a dialogue box and I'd have to go to it, try to memorize it, write it down, forget it, go back, forth and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I simply go into a dialogue box and tab, listen to it, tab, listen to the next thing and so on, uh, or a confirmation message, um, I can just grab that also, copy it, and paste it somewhere. So again, a uh, couple of other keystrokes too. If you want to clear your speech history, um, you can hit insert space again. Space. And shift H. Speech history cleared. That clears it. Your speech history also is cleared whenever you end a JAWS session. You know, you close out the JAWS program or you turn your mm -hmm. computer off. Uh, if you know you would like to to copy the entire uh, speech history to your clipboard, you can do insert space again. Space. And control H. Copy speech history to clipboard. Okay, and now you can go and paste that somewhere else. Now you could have just opened the speech history, done a control A, and then a control C to copy, but you know, it saves you those. I didn't know that were, where that was hiding all those years, but I should have known this years ago. But ever since I learned it only about a year ago, I use it on just almost a daily basis and really easy to uh, uh, to use, very useful, very practical. Yep, I use it all the time, all the time. It's my yeah, favorite thing to use from JAWS. And how long have you known about it, Larry? Oh, well, we beta tested it, so I don't know, uh, whenever it came into being several years ago. Yeah, I was, I was on the one hand amazed at how great it was and also embarrassed about uh, not knowing about it uh, earlier, but... Um, and what's funny future. is the more you use it, the more things you think of to uh, to use it for that you wouldn't have thought about otherwise that mm -hmm. are rather unconventional, but they work. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. yeah well, again, true. like I said, um, uh, one of my students gave me an idea today, which was you're on some website or, you know, it happens often with uh, with uh, emails. Mm -hmm. you, you can't you just can't copy and you just can't grab the text and copy and paste it and but if you can hear it you can grab it so yeah great yeah. idea yeah. so before yes. we wrap up uh for people who have not received or gotten a copy of your book tell them one more time where they can go to get it and also give your contact information okay so again it is available at the uh carol center uh, for the blind um website, the Carol store. And you could simply type in, you know, Carol, that is C-A-R-R-O-L-L -L slash shop, S-H-O-P. Hit enter, that's going to bring you to the Carol store page. Hit H for heading a few times and you'll find the book. And then you can hit enter on the link. Dean Wasserman has left the meeting. And follow through um, uh, to, to download the book. If you have an issue or you have a suggestion or you find an error, um, you can contact me. Uh, use, use my email, uh, my work address, and that is david.kingsbury at carol.org. So D-A-V-I-D dot K-I-N-G-S-B-U-R-Y at carol.org, C-A-R-R-O-L-L period O-R-G. I will try to answer your query. And I, and I included both the link to the, where the book could be downloaded and David's email address and the newswire that went out. So if, if y'all saved your emails like I do, uh, it, it's in there too. So 
Thank yeah. you. Somebody, uh, somebody always uh, wants to know after the fact, so that's a good piece. Right, to know. right, 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 yeah. right. So, thank you, David. It was terrific as usual. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Great job, great resource, David. Thanks again. Next week, uh, the the fine folks from iBug will be with us, and we'll talk a lot about uh, things related to the iPhone. They're not always able to be with us because they actually meet the same time we do. But uh, but I'm looking forward to this. This should be lots of fun. So join us next week, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on Tech Talk. Thanks, everybody.